I know it doesn't show, but it's time I let you know that we're in Search of Tracks podcast, and I'm Pete. I'm Bob. Yo, good job. Energy <laughs> elevator. Thank you, Pete. I- I'm trying. I was telling you before, I'm a little sleepy. I'm trying to pick it up. This is an energetic record. I got to get the energy mo- moving, you know, so here we are. All right. So I gave you my uh, reasons for, for feeling a little low energy coming in, <laughs> and it's like not totally low energy, but like off, right? Yeah. Like off kilter. Uh, where are you at on this low energy spectrum? What's putting you in the spot? So I think the first thing is that I ate a ton of lentil soup that my wife made for dinner. So I'm just feeling kind of heavy now. Mm, Yeah. Second thing though, is that I've been waking up at 5.30 AM the last couple of weeks. So I'm still kind of adjusting. And I know for you probably that's like, you're like, you know, whatever i do that every day but sure for, for me i typically don't do that by choice but i uh i find that i'm the most productive early in the morning when no one else is up and there's nothing oh. else going on so i've just been trying to kind of harness that and get shit done early in the morning um smart it is difficult <clears throat> it is difficult uh with children to do that um, yeah i uh, imagine both my my partner and i have had time she certainly likes to get up and start working um i have had the uh, good fortune and and distress of a lot of projects I have personally are put to the side because I'm the primary primarily taking care of our, our baby daughter right now, um, which is straight up a joy and like a privilege. So thank you, but but it means like all these th- little weird things I want to do I can't do right, and uh, it certainly has me considering like well if I just get up at you know so how so 5 30 has been getting you but have you been going to sleep earlier what where are you at with that not really i think that's why i'm sleepy i mean going to bed around 10 ish trying to you know no later right, than that ideally on both yeah. sides you know you're like okay i'm still like if i sleep if i hit hit the bed at 10 and i'm asleep right away you're getting a decent night's sleep but if you are not you know all of a sudden that like seven and a half turns into six real quick yep so and uh yeah i think i'm good with anything over six hours if i'm only at five i feel low low function five um, hertz anything below that is like the oh taking it today you know but i can usually get five you know what i mean like i can you can get five as long as even in rough situations so yeah yeah the uh, things i think i'm noticing too is just like for me waking up that early it really like what i eat or drink really affects it too like yeah. like I, I don't drink too much like i'll have like a few beers on the weekends or something sure, sure. but like if i have one beer like my morning is fucked, you know, like it's, it's 20 times harder to wake up. So it's, it's, it's also like just helping me, uh, keep my, uh, my vices in check, I guess, which is a good thing ultimately. Yeah. No, you know what I want to say on that is that, um, I've been, uh, it's tough, Pete. I, I like to grill. You might know this. You might not. I like to grill and recently and this might sound crazy from someone who's you know advanced in age now yeah but i got really into grilling chicken and okay. like what that meant was i would get like you know not the fancy chicken but like just like organic free range all that whatever you know the the healthiest version of chicken breasts you know yeah and i'd grill them and i i would make my own little like barbecue <laughs> thing that i'd baste them in and all that and I knew what it was, and I'd make a bunch of it. I'd eat it, my son eat it, whatever. And uh, it was a relatively light, lean, high protein, easy thing to eat, easy thing to grab. Um, felt great. Been doing that for like two summers now, like really good. Last winter, I was able to get away with it because Pete, when it would be just, even if it was mid 40s and sunny, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to sneak out there and, and <laughs> grill myself chicken. This winter has been tough. Yeah. I was only able to sneak out once so far. So I end up, I've been eating more breads, a lot of sugars, and it you can feel it drain you. Yeah. Like it's, it's that little pop, Yeah, but you don't get sustained energy and it's not great. And uh, this is all leading into uh, In Search of Balance, <laughs> the perfect diet podcast that we'll be doing after this, which uh, where we talk about secret snacks and pizza and ice cream, <laughs> but also trying to eat so you feel good. 
you know? future future Patreon episodes. Everybody. Yes, correct, yeah. correct. Um, Pete, why don't we start off with what we're going into today? Um, and then uh, get into the background and how we chose this one. So today we're going to talk about a band called The Helicopters, a mm. uh, Swedish rock band started playing, I think, in 1994. Yep. Um, and we're going to talk about their album called High Visibility, which came out in the year 2000 and is their fourth LP. So how we came across this one, um, we had a few people hit us. I think if you listen to the mailbag episode a few weeks ago, we went through a lot of the most of the albums that people sent us over the last couple months. Yes. And uh, we decided on this one, I think because they reunited a few years ago and just recently announced that they signed to Nuclear Blast Records and they have a new record coming out, I believe, in March or April. Um, so I thought this would be a fun one just to kind of revisit them i know that you have some familiarity i do too and you know um i think that this one we chose this one because by the grace of god is their highest selling album but i think that this one is the fan favorite um and we did have a few people including friend of the pod uh dave ackerman who was like yo high visibility is the helicopters record you guys should talk about that one so here we I'm are. I'm fairly certain me and Dave got into this record uh, at the same place at the same time. We both worked at a screen printing play- shop. Shout out to Jeff, uh, who was really into this record, introduced us both to it. And this is the helicopter's record I fell in love with and found it to be um, really cool. So anyways, I, I haven't given it a rating yet in my head, but Pete, I think I'm going to give it a good one. Um <laughs> It's really interesting because I was like, all right, I don't know too much about this band. I knew they were vaguely adjacent to the like punk and metal world. I knew they were from Sweden, um, but I didn't know a few things. Can I tell you something uh, that I didn't know until right now? Sure. Uh, the singer, Nick Anderson, also known as Nick Royale, mm-hmm. um, singer and guitarist of the Helicopters. Do you know what other band work he is involved in? Um, was he in Entombed? He's the drummer of Entombed. I don't know if he still is, but he was for quite a while. So let me see this. No, he's back in Entombed. He was the original drummer of Entombed, and he played with them until 98. Okay. And then probably left while the helicopter's really popping. Right, <laughs> And right, he's right. back in the band now. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, like, on this listen, I just, I didn't, you know... Most of the time when I do these listens, I try to virginize it in the like, I don't try to take in too much extra info before I do my hard listening. But then after I'll do some like last minute, like, all right, let me see what other little nuggets or gems I can glean. And I was like, oh, right. Like that makes sense. And then I will go through the other members. I'm like, okay, these guys were all adjacent to punk or metal or whatever. You know what I mean? Yep. And then you're like, yep, okay, that all makes sense, uh, especially in the sound. And um, So let me just start with this. This is a rock record yeah. to me. Like this is, they get, they get garage rock, they get garage punk, post-punk, hard. This is squarely like, it's not full 70s rock, but it's big guitar rock but just full up tempo and um, it's really attractive to me. And I think a lot of other people because of how high energy it is. And um, it's very high energy. Yeah. Actually so, one, one of the things, sorry to interrupt. No, please. I, I, I it, that actually clicked with me. It's funny you say that because as I was listening to it, I was like, wow, this is way faster than I remember it. Yes. And then I always started thinking how, it, it's really obvious in retrospect why I was attracted to it as a punk kid that was yes. kind of like like checking out different rock and roll ish bands. Yes, like there were they were an easy go to because of that. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I'd go so far as to say that this band, but more specifically, High Visibility, is a great gateway record to someone who's into the punk hardcore metal world, but is curious about rock and maybe is trying to see like, is there something there who is 
interested in 70s rock stuff, but isn't sure where to go or isn't sure the way to get in. Uh, yeah, this record is a gateway. By the way, you can play this uh, in front of your uncle. You can play in front of your <laughs> cool dad. You can play it in front of your neighbors, the, the person in the cubicle next to you. And they're not going to be offended. Like this is purely palatable and like, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to like on this record, and we'll we'll get way into it. But um, yes, uh, to me, we discussed it, and we kind of went back and forth on like, should we do By the Grace of God? It's their biggest record. Should we do High Visibility? At the end of the day, it was like to me, High Visibility was the one to start with. It's just it was my entry point to the band. It's still my favorite record of theirs by far. Okay, um, and I just think it's undeniably catchy and something that people who like this band and like this record would probably want to hear more about or talk about or hear other people's opinions on. Yeah. And something that I would feel really good about selling to someone who hasn't heard it yet. So sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people could hear this band that would like this band that probably haven't just because I don't know who's talking about the helicopters at this point, really. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's another significant point is this band really had a moment. Um, in the uh you know early 2000s i guess it would be um and it wasn't yeah. I, I don't think it was like huge but they were touring pretty pretty hard yeah um seems like they got a little bit of traction and then just it kind of fizzled out yeah i mean and it's one of those things too where they're playing like stadiums in the in in europe and like yeah. opening for the rolling stones and shit and like here they're playing, you know, small rock one, clubs, 1000 cap rock clubs across the yeah, country. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and to be very fair and honest, maybe not filling those rooms. So, yeah, yeah. um, that said, this record's really cool. I'm very excited to talk about it. Um, a Swedish band. If yeah. I played this for you and didn't tell you any of the information about them, would you be able to guess they were Swedish? No, nope. Not uh, at all. Perfect, perfect English, perfect usage. <laughs> um, we'll get into lyrics and all that, but like, if Dude, you put yeah. this band on, you'd have no idea. They could be from, you know, uh, an accentless country, state in the US or England or any English speaking country in the world, and they sound perfect. Yeah, no, like great poetic lyrics, you know, yeah. you, you would never, like, he's a better lyric lyricist than a lot of people so oh yeah that part's cool um real quick i mean i just want to talk about how i heard this so i um i friend of the pod dave hyde um Mm. made me a mixtape when i was a youngin um on the a side was rocket from the crypt and on the b side was guided by voices and it was kind of just his personal best of um which is a mixtape that i still have um and was, cool. I listened to it endlessly back then. But I remember we were in Generation Records together at one point, I think after a show at like ABC No Rio or something, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And there was a helicopter's record on the wall. It was Grande Rock. Yep. And I think it had just come out. And he was like, Pete, get that record. You're going to love it. And I got it um, just because I trusted his musical direction. And uh, I loved it. So that was actually the first one that I heard. And then I got you know, every helicopter's record that came out after that. And, uh, I haven't revisited Grande Rock in a long time. I I thought about pitching it to you, but I just know that that's like nobody's favorite. So I didn't think that was a good starting point. But that being said, I'm not sure if this is my favorite helicopter's record. I really like a lot of their albums for a lot of different reasons. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, it's funny you brought up generations because, I only have a few in-person record buying regrets for a long time. uh, Generations had this helicopter's record. And this is around 2000, 2001, 2002. Yeah. They had an import copy on vinyl. I don't know if it was released in the U S on vinyl for some time. Yeah. But they had an import and like, to be really honest, like, Oh, an import cop vinyl uh, release by an foreign by an international band cool you know what i mean like it's like oh here's the real version you yeah. know here's the actual whatever i uh 
and it was but I, this is when i'm scratching pennies together to buy a burrito you know right uh it doesn't mean i didn't spend a lot of money on records um but i it was it wasn't crazy it was probably like 20 bucks maybe 25 dollars yeah and i was like uh, mm, uh, and i didn't buy it <laughs> even though i really liked the record and yeah. i always put it off and they had it for so long and i always was like man i should just buy it i should just buy it i like that record a lot pete never bought it pete does still don't own it Ugh. those helicopters records are not cheap nowadays ah i'm i'm pulling it up now to look and see but let's because, let's let's hope ugh. the nuclear blast does the uh, does the full reissue campaign because I'd be psyched on that. Yeah, I'd have to imagine they're going to. So, anyways, um, we both are expressing a lot of uh, love for this band in general and this record pretty specifically. Why don't we uh, Why don't we dive into the track by track? Let's do it. First song, uh, song I think comes in pretty hot. Comes in hot. Hopeless case of a kid in denial. So this is like an all-time classic helicopter song, right? It's undeniably the track of this record. Maybe the track by the band. Uh, yeah, you could make the case for that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's um, really good. It's it's really good. It's like it's like an unbelievable start to an album. Um, yeah, the lyrics are great. There's a super catchy hook. The energy is there's lots of energy. Um, and that's 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 the deal. I mean, it's a it's a great song. The only thing that I'll say, my only critique, and this kind of applies to not so much this song, but the whole record. Yes. That I just never really noticed. There's like no bass, man. It's None. it's like it, it's no. like it's like it's all guitar. Um, which I just I, I guess I've been thinking about the production choices more recently because this was a record that I just never really questioned any of that stuff. I'm like, oh, this is great high energy rock record. And listening to it now, I'm like, man, they should totally remix this. Um, oh, interesting. See, I wonder. Yeah, there's almost no. I mean, there's so much. The drums sound great. I think the drum sound is really good. That is a killer drummer too. Yeah, it is huge guitars, and the vocals are excellent. But let me put it this way: they could have very easily chosen pop vocal um, production where they could have laid the vocals on top. The vocals are mixed in. The guitars are just as loud as the vocals. Yep. You know what I mean? And I actually think it really adds to this being an awesome, like, yo, you could put this song on at a party. You could have this song playing in a bar, or you could be listening to this on headphones, and it's a good experience. You're right. There is no bass on this record. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Great song, though. Oh, I think it's, like, the track, it's, like, very efficient in its big guitar. Uh, it's all up tempo. It moves super easily. I think this is hard to dislike if you like guitar music. <laughs> like, unless you're looking for just like drop tuned, like, like really ugly guitar music. Like, like maybe if you just like death metal, you can't fuck with this. But it's just <laughs> really good. Um. Yeah, maybe not every entombed fan is gonna love it, but yeah, you're right. You're right. That's this, cool. If you if you're coming to this from Wolverine Blues, you might be like, what? <laughs> um, I think the lyrics, and you alluded to this, they're efficient, and I, I say this in the most uh, complimentary version of this word as I can. They're clever, and I've been known to use clever as kind of a, a diss at times. 
yo, I mean it in the exact opposite. It's so charming and smart and playful, but great wordplay throughout this entire record. And it starts on this song. Um, yeah. The verses are awesome and really big chorus, you know? So yeah, uh, just like an excellent song. I would ask who in 2022, who this song, I, I could play for like almost anybody. You yeah. know, like, like, oh, you like, you like guitar music? Okay. Do you like any kind of rock or up-tempo music? Oh, okay, sure. All right. You can play them this. If, if they just like dystopia and entombed, um, <laughs> you know, maybe not. Uh, like, they're like, mm, the most rocking I get is mid-era Slayer. Then maybe not so much. But for a record I would describe as like vaguely throwback to 70s without feeling cosplay. Yeah. This record really tracks and this song especially. This is this is the one I would give to someone to like, yo, check this check this band out. Yeah, it's just fun, man. Put it on at the beach, put it on at a barbecue. Mm-hmm. Really good barbecue music. Yeah. All right. Next track, Baby Borderline. Uh another great track. Um I I feel like getting ahead of myself, but it's it, there's a lot of good tracks early on on this record, particularly. Um, and this is no exception. I think this is an awesome song. It keeps the energy up really well. Um, it's another, I feel like all time helicopters classic. Um, there are like these little flourishes and breaks that they do throughout, which kind of keep you engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just like, you know, part a part B part C repeat. It's, it's, you know, there are breaks here and there that, that are really cool and spice things up. So yeah, I think this is a great track. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that brings this down is that it's surrounded by two of the best songs of the record. Um, <laughs> it's catchy. This drums are just perfect. Like listen to this. It's great. And the pace is just, it's like at an 11 of 10, you know what yeah. I mean? It's just going and driving and it's not like breakneck, but for this kind of music, you just notice it. You're like, wow, you're kind of bobbing along. Good good running music, I think, too. Yeah, I love the transition, too, from the first <laughs> song to the second. Masterful. Yeah. Um, track three, Sometimes I Don't Know. You start on this one. Uh, again, high energy. Um, I think the vocals, I, I really noted that it's like catchy and unique. And they have this this feeling where they're both familiar and you could co- probably reference any number of things that they sort of sound like, but they also carve their own niche in between those spaces. You know? Yeah. Um, he gets a little like of this like wine that could throw someone off, but I just think he's good and it sounds really good the whole time. Um, yeah, I feel like everything about it is really unoffensive. And like, I feel like I've said that before on records that it's like, I feel like you could take that as a diss in a way where it's just like, oh, it's like easy listening for everybody. But no, this like definitely has an edge to it. Yeah. But it's like, I can't see anyone being really annoyed with the vocals or like the pace of it or the, I don't know. It's, it just seems like it could appeal to so many different audiences for different reasons. hundred percent. Um, uh, like the only part that I'll say is that there was a time, there was a time where the like denim rocker who wore sunglasses in dark rooms, yeah, could have made this record pretty annoying. Oh yeah, we've moved way past that point in uh, in genre uh, turds. We'll call them. Um, so that's <laughs> I mean, the thing. Like there was a time where this could have been annoying, but like this is just squarely good. By the way, this record is twenty two years old. Yeah, does it sound it? Uh, only it only sounds it because I don't hear bands doing anything like this nowadays. Um. But, okay, yeah, yeah. But I feel like it could come out today. Yeah. In certain ways. In certain ways. I don't I, I don't know. I, I could go either way on that question. I'm not gonna lie. What do you think? I think well, speaking purely on you're, you're right. Nobody's doing the sound right now, which is kind of a much larger conversation at some point. Yeah. Um production wise, I think this sounds so crisp and clean that 
it's like I said, you want a gateway into rock music. Um, this is it for a modern listener. Like I think, I think yeah. you could even if you're you're listening to this from pop music, pop radio level production, this record sounds great still. I agree. So I'm saying if your sister likes Ariana Grande, give her the Helicopters record. That's yeah. that's it. You know. Yeah. Um. What about you on this song? Sometimes I don't know. This might be my like second or third favorite song on the record. Okay. I I love this song. Um, love the chorus. I, I'm not gonna say favorite song. It might be top three. I'm gonna okay. put it in yeah, the top yeah. four. Yeah, yeah. But I'll revisit that. All right, next one, Toys and Flavors. So, again, great sense of drama in the stops and starts throughout the song. Yeah. There's like a clear pushing tempo again. It's dripping in 70s like swagger and riffs. Yeah. But again, not specifically citing anything like, hey, they're just stealing this band's riffs, you know? Um, That's in my where- ear. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I keep trying to, I've, I guess I've always tried to put my finger on what they're doing because, yes. you know, and I'm not saying anything new here if you read about the helicopters, but the Detroit influence is certainly there, I think, in yeah. the kind of most obvious way. Um, even just like their stage presence, I feel like they're taking almost strictly from the MC5. Well, so that is the exact reference point that I think is worth talking about. Yeah. This feels like that. And we've used edge, and we might have even said there's grit to it. Yo, this doesn't have edge or grit like that Detroit stuff does. No, that stuff's all rough around the edges, and that's like a defining characteristic to me. This replaces that with this weird gloss mat, yeah, that somehow works, yeah, somehow because 99% of the time. When you get something that's like, hey, let's take some of that energy, but just like smooth off all the edges. It's like, mm. but they make it work really well here. Um, and, and one of the parts that I think sets it apart is the guitar has that like to be smooth tone. Uh-huh. And that's super present in this song. Um, yeah. yeah, no, for sure. For sure. So they, this song actually slows it down a bit, but you still are getting that pushing tempo. It's still driving, and then even when it's pulling it back, it still it still feels like forward momentum as you're moving through the song. I thought about that too. Yeah, it's funny. Like like they're one of those bands that are so fast mm-hmm. that when they, when they when they have like quote unquote slow songs, they're yes. like kind of a typical rock and roll tempo almost. Right, like, right, yeah. Which I think is. <sighs> You know, maybe that's part of the secret of the success of this record is that their normal speed, like, it's not what you or I think of as punk tempo. Yeah. But if we're going to go to, like, late 70s punk tempo, like, is this record as fast as Buzzcocks? Yeah. Is this record as fast as the Wire Pink Flag record? Probably. Yeah. Song structures are different. Yeah, certain parts certainly faster. I mean, are they faster than the MC5? Like the MC5's fastest song is like like one of the slower songs on this record. Yes, no question. You know, same with the Stooges. Right. So exactly, and so that's where I'm at. Is that they? Man, what a cool formula! It makes me happy to think about this for music. (laughs) Is that it's like a secret? Their cheat code on this was, 
hey, let's do that. We know we're going to have a cleaner sound. It's going to be a little more accessible. So like, huh, but let's tune up the energy with speed and the tempo. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll still do these song structures in like more of a rock format. Like that's the one part that I think you certainly hear throughout this. And one of the separators from it, like I barely want to use the word punk with this record because it's not a very punk record at all. Even though, as we've admitted, like it's faster than many punk records, many punk classics. Yeah. Song structures are clearly rock and roll song structures. Yeah. Like these are big rock. Like here's the bridge. Here's the, you know, like they do the whole thing. Um, almost to a point that maybe pulls it back towards the end of the record to me, but I digress. I'll save it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's where I'd hone it in is that like, you're right. There's a lot of that Detroit. Um, but I, I think they pull from some of the attitude of that and filter it through. Um, it's like, you know, I, I've seen it be referred to as post-punk, but it's like, post-punk but if they said no instead of rejecting the cock swagger like cocksure and energy of 70s arena rock let's just claim it as our own yeah yeah or like let's 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 mix and the mc5 mm-hmm. with like you know the speed of punk and then like the swagger of like you know, early seventies era Rolling Stones or something. Yeah. 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 Or yes, exactly. I I think that there's something a touch, uh, British in, in some of the, some of the vocals. Yeah. Um, and some of the like tempos, I almost want to say it's like some of those, Oh, what was Rod Stewart's rock band? Pretty um, solo career. Oh, the Faces. Yeah, like there's stuff like that of that that vintage of English rock pop. Sure. That I can hear in some of this. No, I could hear that too. You know what I mean? Just like elements where it's like, oh, they're unafraid to belt. You know, yep. they don't. Yeah. And that's again a thing that when you team that with that Detroit pulsing big riff guitar stuff you get something kind of interesting for sure yeah i mean i I think it's a good transition into the next song you're too good to me baby because this song i think this is great and this is one of my favorites on the album by far Mm. okay and and this one i hear a ton of like like early to early to mid 70s rolling stones i could hear that for sure where it's like the piano solo the 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 harmonies in the background Uh uh-huh like that's all kind of Rolling Stones kind of gloss to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do it so well. They nail it and they're able to transition between this one. This one actually pulls it back a little bit to me. It's less infectious than some of the other songs, but okay. I love where they get to on this. And it's, it's, it's trying it's, it's again, like they haven't lost that forward momentum, but they're trying to give you a little bit of variety in the tempo. Um, which sure. I appreciate. So no, yeah. I, my big my big takeaway on this song was that it's like, yo, this is probably a super fun band to play in. Oh, for sure. Like it just sounds like these dudes are having a good time. Dude, I I won't I won't go too long on this, but I've seen them live a few times, which they're a great live band. Mm. That uh, that vibe of the uh, the denim jackets and the the white belts almost that you're oh, talking oh, about. Oh yeah, sure, sure. That hasn't gone away at helicopter shows in I, 2022. I I believe it. I believe yeah. that folks are having a very nice time celebrating <laughs> that. And like, yo, more more power to them because I just think there's like there's just a hard energy to it. You know, I yeah. just think it's really cool. But man, they have a they have a good time. I I think the first time I saw them was in San Francisco in like 2006, 2007 maybe. Okay, nice. And kind of getting back to our diet and exercise conversation before. Yeah. yeah. In search I, of perfect the, balance. Yeah, exactly. In search of perfect balance. The bass player who I do not believe is in the band anymore, but mm-hmm. was in the band for the majority of the time was the drunkest human being I've ever seen play music on a stage like by leaps and bounds. <laughs> so was it evident in his sta- stature? What, yeah, what was it, it, yeah, it looked like he was about to fall over in any direction at any point, and he somehow managed to not do that and also okay. not miss a note the whole time. It was unbelievable. 
then I love so, it. So yeah, love he was having a great it. time, and the rest of them were too. I love it. Um, so all right, yes. So that's where I'm at with, uh, um, you're too good to me, baby. Um, throwaway heroes. Um, I think this is a great song. The caveat there is that mm. this is where th- there are some super strong tracks to come on this record, but. At a certain point, this album starts sounding a little bit samey to me. You're not um, wrong. And this is where I start getting that feeling where I'm like, all right, guys, like, like, how are you, how are you going to switch it up? What's next? Yes. Um, I like this one. I'm not turning it off. Um, I actually like it a lot compared to a, a few other songs on this record, but mm. it's, uh, it's a turning point in a way for me. Okay. This song, we might, we're not in a totally different place. We're in sort of, Total top flight song, probably top three to me. Okay. I love where it is in the flow of the record because I think it brings that energy back uh, just a touch from You're Too Good to Me, Baby. Um, there's this kind of uh, tip-tap, dancey rhythm that works really well and I think hits nicely here. Again, big chorus that uh, lands for me. Um, really like the song, but I also don't disagree if you are feeling a bit samey, uh, you're not alone because that's it's starting to go. Okay, the pulsing tempo is starting to be just we're we're living in it instead of visiting it. If that makes any sense. Yep. So um, yeah, but but a really good song. I would still put it right at the top of my list. All right, cool. No song unheard. So this is one of my two favorite songs on the record. Ooh, okay, good. Yeah, um, and this is, I think, one of the more different yes. songs on the album. Okay, has um, it been one of your favorite songs on the record for a long time, or was forever? It? Okay, yeah. okay, good. I was, I was putting this song on mixtapes in college. Yeah, Ooh, like let I me, love this let song. me lob some stuff at you then. All right, because I want you to go in, but uh, big bluesy guitar. Yep. My comment was sometimes, actually a lot of the time, they do these sounds better than some of the artists whose wake they're following in. Like this is a song that we've heard. We've heard this on Bruce Springsteen records already. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. Oh, let me switch it up. I mean, and he's just one example. Yo, I think they nailed it. Nailed Um, it. I said this but the, is a, but, but it's also the lyrics too. Like like oh. this is this is another one where the lyrics like really 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 like contribute so much to the the whole song. Yes. No, the lyrics do and the um like the vocals as an instrument element which we talk about but but like I, I like to sometimes separate that out like you connect to vocal you connect to lyrics cuz the lyrics are fun and and sound good. Yeah. But sometimes you connect also because the vocals sound good on their own and add to the the fullness of a sound. So yep. I think you get both of that here. Could I call this a barroom jammer? Absolutely. Could I say my only criticism <laughs> the song's just a little bit long. Yeah, it's funny. I was just thinking that most songs on this record do not overstay their welcome. This one might a little bit. Just, just, just a touch. Just a tad, though. Yeah, it is. There's two songs in this record that have four minutes. This one and the last song, which this song is four minutes to the dot, and the last song is four minutes and one second. Okay. I only think this song just goes one, one, one rotation 
too long, basically. Fair enough. Um, but it's it's a good song, and that change I think it's strengthened by its change of uh, tone from yeah. from the first however many tracks. This is the seventh song on the record. So yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and at a certain point, they had to switch it up, right? And I think that this song I know I think is still like a fan favorite. They definitely I saw them two years ago, and they were still playing it. So nice. Uh, what are your favorites? You're saying? Yeah, cool. I love it truckloads of nothing what a cool name for a song <laughs> um i think the opening to this song is super strong and mm-hmm. i like it but this is this is kind of samey territory like it, sure it, is. It, it breezes by yeah um my my only real note besides like you're starting to feel a little bit in the pocket here yeah um dude's vocal cadence is consistently fun and attention drawing yeah, there's a good variety. Um, he shows that here for sure, and this one sticks mostly to the vocal play. Um, yeah, I'll say this: it's a fun selection for a song at track eight of thirteen. <laughs> and that was the one thing. Like, if you need, if you've got a task that you need to power through, like this might not be great spreadsheet music. But if you have to go through and like delete phone numbers out of a spreadsheet, this could be a good track. <laughs> if you need to go move rocks from one side of the room to the other, this could be a good record because you still have a pump of energy as you go through. Like it's just not it doesn't let you get down, which yeah, is is powerful in itself. No, exactly. I mean that's that's the thing here like as much as I might cut a song here or there and, you know, maybe yeah move things around a little bit like this is an easy listen i think oh, it's yeah. i think it's what it's like just over 40 minutes but it's i think like, it's 40 minutes on the on the dot which is okay. kind of awesome so yeah so it like but it breezes by i mean i listened to it a few times in preparation for this and it like at no point was i like oh this song no skip yeah so yeah. no i fu- fully agree um i think this song also really clever really clever fun names or fun lyrics so yeah. Uh, next track, a heart, heart without, without a home. home. Um, they switch things up a little bit on this song. Mm-hmm. That being said, I I I appreciate and I think it needs the kind of switch that this song gives, but I don't like it that much, and it's one of my least favorites on the record. <sighs> I'll read you verbatim. I like to do this sometimes. We do notes. I usually embellish and talk and read it through. Uh, booming rolling drums. Yep. Kind of the slow down head bopper. <laughs> it's all right. Appreciate the tempo shift, but I think they do driving better than they do grooving slash toe tapping. Correct. Definitely too long. Yo, yeah. I say that it's too long. The track length is three minutes and 50 seconds. We said that... Um, no song unheard four minutes was a little too long this one I take a minute off of it's just too long cool I'm with it no one's gonna do it for you darker maybe moodier tone here yeah um, i like this track more than a heart without a home but it's not their best um the chorus definitely pulls me in i really like the playful instrumentation even on what would be a darker track for the record like there's yeah. just there's different stuff going on i think there was some different percussion on this song i, I it's fun again for a track 10 
Yeah. This is a fine helicopter song to me. Um, I, I don't feel too strongly about it either, which way I think if, if put to the test, I might cut it just to make the song that make the record that much stronger. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing to me. I could probably pick and cut a little bit harder, but if I cut heart without a home and no one's going to do it for you and that would, that would save seven minutes off the record. Yeah. And that means this record clocks in at like 32, 11 songs in 32 minutes. I'm okay with that. Yeah, Yeah. me too. All right. This one highlight for me. I want to touch. Okay. Yo, infectious. The energy's right back. Uh, driving and bright. I think it's like, you know, we said Detroit sound and we mean MC five. We mean stooges. This one is very MC five. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. and it, it's yes. Uh, it just brings that big room though. It like, um, I could do without the like very traditional guitar wanking solo part. Um, that part sort of overstays, but everything else I'm really with. Um, and, and I feel like this should be, if you're a musician or you're anyone who, who puts together records or you think about this shit, the fact that this is the 11th out of 13 song, I know I keep hammering on this. It just has so much energy that even though I just said, Hey, I could cut these two songs. It's not dragging. You're being, if anything, it drags you along with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, this this one I think is great. Like, depending on my mood, though, sometimes this one is almost like too manic. Okay, yeah, if that makes sense. But but this one is. I mean, I said it sounds like the MC Five. It it almost like there's a song on uh, the MC Five record back in the USA called "The American Ruse" Mm -hmm. that I always really liked. This is that's like the blueprint for this song. They basically just like kind of lifted the feel of it and and redid it, in my opinion. But yo, I um, can feel that. The other side is. I could say this is like a kiss song if I'm being oh, real. Sure. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just got that kind of like sped up a little bit. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just like big room, uh, first person perspective. I, I, I like, yeah, lyrically the, this could be Gene Simmons. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I love, I love the difference too. like the, the real difference in feel between the, the verse and the chorus. It's mm, like mm-hmm. the, the super tight kind of, verse and then like the kind of opened up energetic chorus it's really cool um i like this one a lot but speaking of kiss i've been going down a kiss rabbit hole we may have to talk about that at some point okay quick pause yeah have you done kiss alive kiss alive 2 really oh yeah but i'm 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 going deeper doing all the the albums okay good i'm like have you done the solo records or what i'm like i'm post disco now whoa okay all right yeah i mean let me know when you get to kiss alive 4 that one's really interesting. <laughs> I'm sure. God gave rock and roll to you, Pete. Um, Yo, I saw Kiss in like 2003 and they were fucking awesome. So I don't know. They're a great band. Whatever. I'll, no, I'll, I'll go see the farewell tour if anyone wants to go with me. <laughs> Sign me up. Like straight up tracks. They're yeah, just tracks. tracks and tracks. Tracks. And they had a tank on stage. Who does that? <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, hurting time. Uh, Yo, too little too late this song is fine i i don't need it i'm like i'm a little tired of this okay point. yeah it's nice um it's the one thing i'll say is that for a lot of this record i was very taken by the choruses and found that they were stronger than the verses despite there was little texture things and i, I like i said i, I like the lyrical content i like the the vocal play I, I think it's good strong overall this this song i thought the verses were much stronger than the choruses which is uh-huh. an interesting part and i also thought that the way they used the bridge on this track was strong whereas the p- prior three tracks it was like sort of waste and like hmm, could cut it um and they actually did it well on this song that said it's late in the record now now yeah. now we're starting to look at the watch and going hey is it time to time to go yeah, and this applies to all of my least favorite songs on this record. It's like, I'm not turning it off. It's no. fine. I just, you know. Well, I think that the last song, Envious. Um, yeah. 
to me, I think this is like the look. His band is proven by this point they're not a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. But by the last song, you either really like this record or you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm good. I'm out. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I enjoy the song. I think it's much like Hurt in Time. They're trying to end on this big high with the energy, not trying to have like some like closer that's like, oh, this. They try to, it's it still held energy. So um, credit to that. It didn't feel like they were like, let's write this operatic like closer. It's just like, hey, here's here's another song. It is the last song on the record. <laughs> um, totally fine. Yeah. Uh, not in my top five or six songs of the record. Yeah, same. I mean, that, I think that's my problem. I like a, I like a good closer, mm-hmm. and this to me just doesn't feel like a really fitting big closer. Okay. Um, so it's again, it's fine. But you do, you really like a big closer. That's I like one of a my big, big closer. Reasons. Like, yeah, it. okay, yeah. To me, it's about the flow of the record, and I, I think maybe to a fault, we could say that high visibility, high visibility is high energy. Like mm-hmm. it's just. Like is this is this what uppers feel like? I don't know. I, I'm not there. Um, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> confirm nor deny. Um, let's go into this, Pete. Before we rate it, length is this record too long? Does it feel like it drags? Um, it doesn't drag, but I could cut it by ten minutes, and I I might like I might like it more. Right, and, and I think we've been pretty loving to this record. It isn't too long. You can listen to the whole thing and it feels like it moves right through. Yep. But if you want to be pick it apart, yeah, you can cut some time. Mm-hmm. Not too long, though. Not too long. Not too long. Album flow. Does it feel disjointed or slapped together at all? I don't think it feels slapped together. I think it just reaches a certain point where, you know, it's like you said about Envious. Um, did they write that as a closer? Was it intentionally a closer? Did they just not have anything else that sounded good that would fit like in that would, spot that, that would like, tie it off yeah yeah i mean like you know the whole what thing it doesn't flows. tie it off it's just another like hey here's another song maybe you'll like it more than the song before you know <laughs> right uh no not disjointed the actual transitions on the record feel really appropriate and good uh as i said this is my favorite helicopters record that i'm familiar with uh i like it more than by the grace of god but by the grace of god might structurally be better in terms of like hey like there's more tempo difference there's a little bit of more variety but no i I think the flow is solid like i think it's really good um yeah quality of the song and lyrics are the songs memorable and how do they compare to their contemporaries yo do they have contemporaries i mean the only band that i feel like was doing somewhat kind of sort of similar thing was rocket from the crypt at the time. Oh yeah. They were, sure. they, they were like the two rock and roll bands that started in kind of the early nineties and, you yeah. know, had, had a lot going on, I think by 2000. And then like, and then really actually I read that, um, I think on the tour for maybe, I think it was this record in mm-hmm. the, in the UK, they had the hives opening up for them. I was going to say the hives. Yeah. Yeah. Who like obviously blew up a few years later. So, um, they're in that whole mix. Um, but I still feel like they're doing something singular between all of those bands. So, so I don't know. I mean, I, the, are the songs memorable? Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're super catchy. Yeah. Um, totally infectious, but their contemporaries, I mean, it's, it's just, I feel like they're unique. Yeah. Agree. Uh, perfectly said. This is the fun one. Timelessness. Does this strictly exist in a time and place or does its influence and impact spread much further? Weird fit for this band. Yeah. I don't think there's any bands looking back to the helicopters in 2022. For better or worse, yeah. Yeah, but um, for what this is, it's a great version of the thing that they're doing. And and this is, I feel like it's almost... um, Yo, this is out of the time stream, you know? The production, everything, It the record sounds impeccable. Like, it yeah. just sounds great. Um, what they were doing sonically, we're now 20 years beyond this record. They were pulling from 20 years before the record. 
but somehow it felt contemporary and unique and singular. Yeah. It doesn't seem to have had a huge influence in as much as like, yeah, a few years later, the hives kind of popped off and had a hit single and, and did pretty well for a little while. And they were also sort of associated with this other like stripped down rock thing that had a failure to launch mainstream pop in the early 2000s, right? Like that whole <laughs> world was like, oh yeah, like the yeah, yeah, yeahs and the strokes and the hives and the vines and the, da, um, the, the thrills and the kills and like all these things. Um, and it was like this, this rock wave that wasn't, you know? Yeah. The helicopters never got cited as a band who influenced that. They existed no. before, during and after and didn't get swept up into it. Maybe yeah. they got a little bump overseas, but I'm not familiar enough to speak on that. Um, but no, it doesn't feel like it was influence or has any impact on anything today. Yeah. Uh, presentation, the artwork, uh, rollout, all this kind of stuff. I love the record cover. I think it's great. Great, great rock and roll album cover. I mean, they have like a timeless logo. Yep. So you slapped out on pretty much anything and I think it's going to look pretty good, but I agree. My only qualm is that given the timing and associations, you could have confused this band with a rockabilly band pretty easily. Oh, that's fair. Well, on the records, when you see the picture of them, like I think this record cover, especially because you look at it and it's like, oh, these are like rocking dudes. They got, yeah, there's no stand up bass in this band. Um, (laughs) But then if you look at some of their later records, even by the grace of God, which is, ah, I think by the grace of God, it's cool. Singular cover too. Actually. I love that album. Yeah. It's a really cool. And that's like, I mean, that's their, their logo at this point. Yeah, you're That's right. what it is. It sure is. All right. Um, so anyways, um, with that said, Pete, where do you go with your rating on this record out of five? I'm really torn on this one. Um, Want me to go first? Sure. If you're ready. Yeah. We did an episode recently where I was like really twisted up about the rating and it put me in a weird place. Hold on. Before you go in, I want to, I want to talk about this for two seconds, please peek behind the curtain because I don't actually know this. Do you come up with your rating before or you do it on the fly? I do it on the fly. Same. Okay, good. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Because I think about it so much. There have been records where I've thought about the rating as I'm listening, like later, like, Okay, I'm on listen five of whatever record. And I start thinking, like, where do I what do I feel about this, you know? Yeah. But I usually try to have the conversation and even as we talk through stuff, like it's impacting it, you know? Like, look, there is a variant of me who might give this like a four and a half star because of the highs. Like I yeah. really like because you're super feeling no, it. Oh at my the god, yeah. and the energy. And then there's also this nostalgia factor. Because yeah. this is a record I've been with for a long time. So it's like, yo, I have memories of listening to this in a workplace where it was like, yo, this record really put us through. And like, all right, good energy, mood uh, elevator kind of thing. Yeah. Great driving music when you're driving through the desert. Oh, you know, like I've listened to this record, driving the beach in California, driving through the desert in Nevada, you know? Yeah. Awesome record. Then I start thinking about some of the things I pick apart. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, yeah, the second half of this record, couple highs, I think. Yeah. But there's a sameness. And could I cut? So the last, so I'll go through this um, from Throwaway Heroes, which I think is like basically the midway point. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven tracks after Throwaway Heroes. The only one of those where I'm like, no, I don't, absolutely not. Well, the two songs, No Song Unheard and I Want to Touch are the only two songs on the second half of that record where I'm like, no, absolutely not. Can't get rid of those. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean those other five songs aren't pretty good. Yeah. But I'm also saying they're a little bit disposable. Um so where I'm going to end up, and I, I like to weigh more heavily on the highs mm-hmm. and say that even the lows on this record aren't super low. Like there's records we've done 
where I'm like, oh God, I just need to get through this, where I'm listening and searching for what 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 can I highlight about this that isn't purely antagonistic and like shitting all over this? Yeah. There's not much of that on this. There's just like, okay, a little bit samey. Um, but it's it's like it's like when somebody's trying to feed you your eighth slice of pizza. <laughs> Yo, I love pizza. <laughs> even when somebody's like, even after seven slices, I'm like, yeah, I still love pizza, but maybe I don't want to eat the eighth slice, you know? Oh, I love that analogy. The right? helicopters is just like too much pizza. Yo, it's just too much pizza. So <laughs> so with that said. I'm coming in at four stars. Strong. Because I'm giving credit to the highs. I'm not taking away because the lows aren't there. I like the layout. I like everything about it. I think it's a really high watermark for this world. Um, it's They're quite singular. And I, that's one of the things I think I've enjoyed when we've been picking out these weird records where it's like, how do they deal with their peers? Yo, they don't really have Pierce Rocket is actually a great one. Um, maybe we could like Turbo Negro is in a totally different world, but we could actually yeah, kinda, they'd be in that world somewhat. Though. Yeah, like we could parallel them at least. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I think this is a really strong record, so I think a four is appropriate, and I'm not being too audacious. And I think a three point five is not quite enough, and we don't do. 3.75 which is where i actually think i land but That's i'm gonna fair. give it i'm gonna i'm gonna give him a, a little a little bonus because kin denial is so good fair enough i mean yeah new rating system coming soon to hash all this out mm. but i so the the nostalgia factor on this one is high for me yes um and i think you're totally spot on where the highs are so high on this and there's no real low like the lowest of the low, I'm still keeping it on. Um, that being said, I, I, I think, and I'm due for a re-listen on some of the helicopters records, but I think that there are helicopters records that I like more than this. Wow. And as a result of that, I'm going to give it a 3.5. Okay. All right. I'm with it. What helicopters records would you put over this one? I might like by the grace of God better than this. Yeah. I think, that tracks to me. I don't think that's that's there. I'm giving the nostalgia factor big pluses on this record. I think it really holds up. By the grace of God is a really solid record. When it came out, I had no nostalgia. <laughs> There's no. I yeah, don't have yeah, those nostalgia yeah. moments for it. So right. I'm actually due for a re-listen as well. Um, Pete, do you own High Visibility, and will you be, or will you be adding it to your collection? So I'm going to be completely honest on this one. I um, I have purged my record collection many times over yes. the years. Yo, me too. We've talked. We we've privately talked about this many times. Yeah, and unfortunately, the hel- helicopters hit the chopping block at at one point. I don't know when that was, but it's no longer there. And uh, given the price of this record, I'm not going to replace it anytime soon. So, uh, yo, repress that shit, and I'll I'll buy it. Yeah, I have a sure. feeling we'll be seeing another repress at some point. The original vinyl pressing of this, which is the one I passed up for $20, $25 at Generation Records, I, I literally can't count. Like, Bob, how often did you go to Generation Records in 2000, 2001, 2002? <laughs> I don't know, three times a week? I don't know, twice a week? It was a lot. More more than six times a month, I'll say that. Um, yeah. It's now selling for the lowest priced one. Uh, you can get it in the US for $300. Um, nothing. Yeah, I'm not going to do that right now. Yeah, but uh, repress it. I'll get it. Make, do something nice with it. Um, I think there have been a bunch of different, more recent represses, but I think they all go pretty quick. They go quick. So yeah, people like the helicopters nowadays. Like I guess the helicopters, and you should too. Check them out. Let's uh, let's check them out when that new record comes out, Bob. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm all in. Let's let's do it. Let's cool. uh, let's we'll do a, a full on review of it, and then maybe we'll go check them out. They're they're due to come back to the states at some point, right? Yeah, I mean, again, I saw them like two years ago. They just they you know that boat that plays in Brooklyn. Oh, did they do one of the boat shows? They, they did the boat show. Oh damn, that would have been yeah, fun. It was, 
It was fun. Made me feel real old, but it was fun. <laughs> well, yo, you can follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter at TraxPod. And you know we like to get those emails at TraxPod at gmail.com. Pete, this was a mood elevator. This is fun. Energy is up. Let's Energy go. Energy is up. Let's go. Good night. Good night. <laughs>